Hey everybody, welcome to Joe's Mini Bike Reunion. It's podcast number five, podcast Cinco, and we're here with the folks from F&B Racing, Brian and Frank. Thanks for rolling over. How you doing? Thank you for having us. Hey, um, very excited to have you here. Excited really excited. Eva One, Ed, thank you for joining us. No problem. Now you're going to be sharing a mic with you're going to be sharing a mic with with Brian. Uh, I noticed Ed uh, a couple things, and I want to get to you first, as I always do, because I'm so excited about. Well, the first thing is the Powell. Now, last time, I know that you had a full dance card, and, and I totally get it. In fact, we even talked about that. Sometimes people just layer too much on you. Hey, Ed, build my engine, build my bike. I can't get bike. away from that. I just can't get away from that. that that's a compliment. As I said, the, the, all, the, all these guys are, they just want a little piece of you. I just want to work on my own stuff. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going I'm to delay that a little bit with that Powell. And the Powell, I kind of feel like that's... that's that's a bike that I know that you have a little bit more of an association with, too, because you knew the, the origin of that bike through Mini Bike Paul. Yeah. Yeah, I did a couple, put some together for him. And um, what do you do, like three three engines, I think, maybe? Yeah. Well, that Powell, like that. that Powell particularly was <clears throat> one that he uh, received from the family, the Powell family. Mm -hmm. It came with a variety of things. He gave me a, a poster. Uh, there's, there's two CDs that he gave me, but they won't play on my contemporary uh, Mac. You can only play them on a PC. Right. But it, there's, there's some more information on it. But it came with, as you see, the, the, the frame's already painted. Just about all the parts that needed for that bike besides the engine and everything else. Uh, it's all there in that box. And I wanted Ed to assemble it because we're trying to get a little bit of a show at SEMA this year. And part of the plan is to have that Challenger, that Powell Challenger, uh, that raw mini bike that uh frankenstein that jake moe is building and then hopefully another one for a company that we've been working with crc to help promote uh, stay lube which is um that brand that's been around for a long long time yeah and and we're excited about having those three bikes there ed so uh as i understand it we may have a deal you you'll think about assembling the bike and putting it together or i'll take it home Thank you. But Not, you know what that, that means. That's a, <laughs> that's a theme built bike, or is it going to be just a thing for them? You know, Frank, I, I, I have to give Ed, uh, in most cases, like, you know what I'm looking for, but do it your way. With this one, I think that one deserves, because they're in there, I think that deserves close to a, a nut and bolt as we can. Right. It's just one of those bikes, isn't it, Ed? Yeah, that's the same kind mini bike Paul wanted with his. Yeah, and, and I want to be true to that because I leaned on Paul to buy that bike. Uh, you know, I, when I, when I have the chance, whether it's, uh, like I just talked to James up in Newhall, uh, purchased a couple bikes from him in the past or mini bike, Paul, this would have been my second bike. Certain guys have cool bikes and it's tough to pry bikes away. Like right. I've got some bikes back here and I don't, I don't want to give any of my stuff away. And if you do, you want it to go to the right person. So knowing this bike would get some good notoriety, I, you know, I, I think it's deserved because, because Paul really turned me on to a nice bike there. So thank you. I'm looking forward to, uh, You're welcome. yeah. Ed, some folks have asked me about that challenger. The shifter is the thing that gets the most attention. Talk a little bit about how that mechanism worked on that bike, would you? Uh, it just changes the ratio on the belt. So you're you're taking off. You're up to 25 miles an hour. You're you're pulling that. You're yeah. It, may, it makes it like tighter a, on the front, and it changes the ratio. Makes it taller and skinnier. Okay. Well, I don't know too much about them. That's why I was curious about them. Those. Those bikes seem to be it's like popular. A torque converter. Yeah. Okay. A torque converter. Yeah. Well, torque converters aside, I noticed you brought <clears throat> the dog. What's happening with uh, with 
Loka. <laughs> Loka got sick. She's been sick for like a week, but she's doing better. You brought her to the vet over the holidays, or? Yeah, and three hundred and thirty dollars worth. <laughs> well, it's a... that was money I could have bought him anybody. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the dog looks good. We we hope it gets better. It's yeah, hanging out there now. Linda brought some special water, so. Oh uh, yeah, she uh she's eating and drinking now, so I think she'll be better. Uh, wind bear's popping up pretty soon, isn't it? Father's Day or is it upcoming? Yeah, it's Father's Day. Um, so Thursday or is it Friday? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You can show up Thursday. Have you decided to to make plans there? Would <clears throat> man, the only way I could go is if I flew to. Philadelphia, which is cheaper than flying to Pittsburgh. Sure. Because usually you fly to Pittsburgh. But if you fly to Philadelphia, the ch flights are cheaper. <clears throat> but then you got to rent a car. You got to put all this together on the computer at certain times, which is hard. Yep. Because you can only get the car at a certain time. You can only get the flights, the list of flights they have at a certain time. <clears throat> and then you got to worry about the hotel. You so it sounded like a no at this point, huh? No, I'm still still work on it because uh, my buddy uh, Custom Cart Kid, yeah, he hit me up and uh, I did that Jack Spitler bike, uh, painted it for him, and we want to see each other one more time. Yeah, and if you need help uh, going online, like I just had to book a flight. I someone had asked me, you know, through this gig with Roadkill, when we go do an event, they pay for my stuff. You know, they book my flight and everything. And one of the gals had asked me if if she could help me out, and I was like, please. Well, I got my confirmation this morning. It was like Delta Junior Junior Baby Plane. It's like, fuck that. You know, it's like, I, I, I got to go on a real plane. And then I started looking at the hotel, and I'm at a lodge somewhere when everybody else is at the Fairfield Inn right across the street from the Kansas City Speedway. So, like, I, it's like, it's going to be a pain in the ass. I'm going to be on a, a shitty plane. I'm going to get killed. So I, I went and did it myself. I, I, I think that's what you're getting at. It is, it is complicated yeah, to make all those. Last year was weird because I flew into Pittsburgh and, uh, no, I'm sorry, Altoona. I'm sorry. Altoona, Altoona, PA, sure. Yeah. yeah. And then um, my friend picked me up and we drove to Wimber. Yeah. You need well, that. You need that VIP then pickup. Then he had to drive me all the way back to Altoona. It was like two hours maybe. And I get on this plane, and it stops at this little dinky airport in Wimber to pick people up. <laughs> and you drove all the way over there for nothing? Yeah. <laughs> and then it flew from the Wimber to uh, Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, why can't I get this online, you know? Yeah. Well, it's complicated. When you're going in and out of those little towns, you should show up. You showing up there would be a, a big thing. I know it's a big thing when you come on these podcasts or when you show up at the events, and, and I'm sure a lot of guys would like to see you. So if any of you guys from the old minibikes.com website, uh, and who's the guy who's in charge of that? Drew. Drew. Drew, hook him up, would you? See if he we hit can... me up the first time. Yeah, I'll do it again, Drew. Come on. The event's growing. If I had your money over there, I'd burn mine. Set up, Ed. <laughs> set, up a, set up at least a, a car at the airport. Uh, help them out with some flights, maybe some airline suggestions. And if there's Because I looked on the site. There's a lot of people going to that event. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah. Because it's like a, just a big whole area you can ride. And then there's yeah. like a couple trails you can ride up in the mountains. And um, it's pretty nice. Yeah, they, so you, they should, got a little you should get up there. there like a, a canteen or whatever you want to call it. You could get food, and um, you could take a shower in there. Yep. 
for all the campers that camp out there. Um, it's uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's unlike it's like a uh, little vacation. Oh, it's it's fun. I, it's I fun. Uh, you know, Frank. To that point, I saw a lot of folks that really were planning their vacation around that. But hey, Wimber aside, uh, let's face it. It's it's the biggest event, and it has the ability to to camp and ride all the things that we just. It's ironic do. that we don't do that here. But, you know, we're, here we are, the, the God's country, and you can't fucking ride a mini bike anywhere, let well, alone we, spend the night doing things with them. But we'll, we'll change that. But I do want to bring it up because it is appropriate and it is a good event. If you want more information on that, you can go to oldminibikes.com and go to events or Google it or just go look at all the videos on YouTube. Uh, but, Ed, look, on the dog, the dog's going to be fine. If you show up at Winbear, that event will be that event will be fine. And I wanted to make sure we included you tonight again in the garage because, you know, you know the, the history with uh, Brian and Frank. And I thought it'd be nice to have you eavesdrop in. So sit along. The yeah, r- we're old rivals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. In a good way, right? Oh yeah. It so was all fun for me, but sometimes it got a little too serious. It's racing, you know. It's 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 racing. When you yeah. get down to it, people want to race. So you'd be sharing a microphone with Brian at least through the first half of this because we got a we have a cooperative here with that microphone. So if you guys have any grudges that go back, you know, cut them off because you got to share that microphone and be safe. <laughs> no grudges whatsoever. Oh, uh, no, that's no. no. I, I, you know, it was all making, in fun. Good stuff. Years ago now. Yeah, man. I can't believe how long it's been already. It's crazy. Let's oh, talk yeah. about that uh, because there's a couple of things. It, it, it's very obvious that you two both were in the scene. Uh, My brother it, was in it a lot longer than I was. He actually brought me into it. I believe we were d- discussing this the other day. I think around 2010. Um, yeah, the tail yeah, end of 10. Yeah, and um, when he brought me into it, we just basically, he said, hey, bro, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? And it, it kept getting bigger and bigger because people, like you said, everybody wants a header. Everybody wants something custom done and, you know, finding exactly what they need and they couldn't get it. And so we started building headers and gas tanks and catch cans and so on. And here we are today. Yeah. Before we get into that part of it, which is obviously what guys really want to know. We've got some parts laid out here. In fact, we were talking about it a little earlier. We have everything from the stage one to the stage three pipes. We've got catch cans. We've got complete motors. But before we get into where you guys are now uh, and how exciting it has to be for you guys to wake up each day and be able to do this in addition to the other things that you're into. But before we get there, everybody's really curious about before that, the young days, the, the first mini bikes, the first, the first experiences you guys had with those. You were older brother, Frank, so was it you that got Brian into it? What was your first bike, and when did it all start for you? No, I, I think um, ours was more more or less a dirt bikes back yeah. way in the days, and, you know, I did start riding um, earlier on in the days before my brother did, and then he got, you know, I remember his first bike, I believe, was um, an old Yamaha YZ80, and that little thing just ripped. Yes. And he'd go out there <clears throat> and just tear it up and... What did you have? have? What was your first bike? My first bike was a R- Yamaha RD100. RD100. Okay. Right. It, was, it was a dual sport. Yeah. I've got, uh, got a DT80 at the other side of that, that wall there, a 1980. But what great bikes to start with. So you had that bike, and then you had the 80? Yeah. I had the YZ80. It was a Reed motor. I think that was the first year monoshock for Yamaha. And uh, that was the biggest difference. You know, that 1978, I believe. And yeah. how old were you at the time, Brian? Oh, man. Fourth, fourth grade, I was already ripping. Ten. Ah, yeah. wow. Yeah. 
So was it a result of the fact that your big brother had had a bike and he brought you along, or you know, were you into it equally? You know, it was um, it was a plus having all of us riding, but for me, it was it was more about the control and the speed. It started off at a young age for me. Sure, like the first time you got on that bike and you ripped that throttle, you you were hooked. Kind and of. And it was long before that. Well, you know, we were racing our big the wheels. Big wheels. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, we go Up way and back. Oh. You know. So, so was it the big wheels, really? The was big that... wheels, the, 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 green, the machines, green machines, you know, Yeah. back in the days. So what would you do with those? How would you modify those? We'd ride them until the front wheels had holes in them. <laughs> right, the plastic away. ones, right? Yeah. yeah, that was the deal. They had that stupid brake. Yeah. Well, I don't remember you the... Like you this turn. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was you know. drifting. That was the first version of... Ed, do you remember the big wheels? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't see you on a freaking big wheel. No, I, I was already too old for a big wheel when they came out. Really? Hey, yeah, what if so. we just put that maybe right in front of you? Because we're both, yeah, yeah, they probably work there. So you're not a big wheel guy, Ed? No. No? No, I was too big. So now the, the modern day big wheels, you probably get guys calling trying to put these engines on oh, these, yeah, these yeah. freaking big wheels that they have out there now, right? Yeah, they build trikes and everything now, like legit trikes. And what kind of engines are they slinging in those things? Same this thing, this stuff. Okay, so they're building modified six and a half horsepower Predators mm -hmm. and going how fast? And drifting, um, I mean, drifting, you're not going that fast. Drifting is about sliding through a turn and, and having that whole control, feeling of, yeah. of, um, of a, a controlled slide. And that's what they do. And they, they'll actually take and they'll put PVC tubing on a slick tire that's flat and then air it up. And then be able to drift on that because that plastic's just going to slide. With minimal power. Yeah. yeah. So you don't need a monster really for that. Yeah, I, I'm so glad that those uh, big wheels, those hopped up big wheels took over because I was getting, we were going down a slippery path. It's like I was okay with the bar stool racers. <laughs> okay, although you knew that was death on a seat, but then they started racing these Barbie, plastic Barbie <laughs> cars. You see these guys racing yeah, them out? So it was starting to really get crazy. So at least with, at least with those uh, three wheelers, you know, those have that whole drifting element, and drifting's really popular. So dirt bikes, was it? And then how did how did that progress then? How did that get to going fast on mini bikes? Scooters. Yeah, I mean it. It just it transitioned. I've always been in the mini bikes too, you know. So, uh, but then that transitioned over into bigger bigger dirt bikes and you know street bikes and whatnot. Go karts even. Oh yeah. Mini bikes, yeah, we had go karts and. Is that your agent, Ed? That's a VIP. Hey, maybe it's the old minibike.com yeah. guys right. trying to book you for Wimber. Yep. Tell yeah. them that Joe will take care of it. Tell them. Man, I only ran once. Uh-oh, that's probably the bill collector then. Too late for that. Um, all right, so in the middle of getting turned on to, with the dirt bikes and then having a little fun with go-karts go and mixing in a little bit of uh, when, again, it, now going fast on the streets in L.A. That, I'm trying to get Yeah, to so we could fast forward to 2000. Uh, Charles mentioned it. Um, I met Charles in um, August of 2004, I want to believe. Okay. So... Prior to that, I think I jumped in probably in 02, 03 with a flathead. And um, <laughs> like my brother does now, he ports, he ports the majority of the heads for us and, and, and the ones we sell. So I, I remember bringing him a, a, a Raptor 3 I had. And I was building that Raptor a few years before I met Charles. And um, I think we were working at Circuit City or something at that time. Yeah. And we ported that right there at his work. And it was the first mod i did to that one you know and i'd already had a dyno cam for it and a couple other arc products yeah i had a, a cam they call it the street cheater cam what, what size cam was that do you remember i don't remember the the profile on it but I, all i knew was it wasn't stock sure so yep. we went with that we we i had a i forget what header we had back then but 
Um, anyways, I wind up running into Charles shortly after that. We, we, we talk on the phone, and I'm explaining to him about my flathead and whatnot, and he tells me, oh, that you need to do this, that, and the other. And uh, from that point on, I knew, you know, that uh, I was going to do what I wanted. <laughs> so, and, and, and that's what we did. We modified that one as, as much as I could. They call them, they call them limited, limited modifieds in the karting world. So I got up to that stage, you know, and I, I believe I got that one to go about 62 miles an hour with me on it, a flathead, a Raptor 3. And, and that how, was, what were you weighing at that time? Oh. Uh, because I think he was a couple hundred pounds, wasn't Charles, when he was fooling around at that time, uh, riding the bikes? When through? I met Charles, he's about 270. Oh, okay. I was probably 220, you know, so, but we hadn't raced at that point, you know, and um, uh, we got that one going, and... Uh, that was on a cat. That was on a 300X cat. I had that flathead in. Okay. Went up selling that one and then moved forward from that. I bought my first overhead cam motor, which was a Subaru Robin. Right. It was a EX17. Uh, it's a six horsepower. And that one, there were no parts for it. Had my brother made a he- make a header for that. Um, had that head ported. I had Tim grind the base circles on that cam, bump the timing, change the carb. Um... There was a uh, an outfit that used to make parts for the Subarus. I, I want to call them Exotic Toys. I think that was the name of them back then. There was kind of an odd bird, that Subaru. It wasn't as if the place was were littered with parts for that, right? No. no. That's yeah. why we did a lot of one-off stuff. Like Charles had mentioned, back then, you couldn't just go, go online. Buy, you couldn't go into a store and buy something. For yeah. Them. No. So we, I made my own timing key. You know, wow. we like I said, we, we ground the base circles on that cam uh, before anything was really available for them. And I got that one to go almost 66 with me on it, you know. So we, we went we went far with that, and then uh, I got my first 200, GX200, I want to say, in uh, uh, probably 05. And then from then on, that was it. That's the first time I hit the L.A. street scene out on Mansville. And, um, and that was it. It just took off from there, and, um, yeah, that's, that's how it transitioned up to that point. Sure. About, 2005. So how did you transition into that into that that group? Like, were you the guy rolling up from the outside? Did you know those guys? It's not like you lived there, right, at the time. No. Yeah. No. So, so you come showing up with your skills and your bike and yourself. How did how did that go? Relatively new. I mean, to to that whole scene. For me, it was going out and finding competition. That's what it's always been for me. And was you that know, Charles? He was one of them that was out there. But then once you you were you get out there. You see, it's a it's a huge handful. Yeah, and then and then other faces start to come in, and it just it becomes addictive, and like like anything else, growing up, it became addictive and competitive. And, yeah, competitive. Like like Ed said, you know, some people take it more serious than others, especially when you're on the losing end on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh so yeah. Every week. Yeah, our rivalry, our rivalry was was um, it was it, it was weekly. It was good, and we we did a lot of shit talking back and forth on OMB for a long time. That was like the longest thread on there. Yeah, we blew yeah, it all up. Drag LA drag spot. Yeah. <clears throat> sure was. So for a long time. you're then you're part of that clique. You're out there trying to go fast. You've got your own ideas. You've got you're doing as much work as you can. You're there week in, week out. No one's making any money at that time, right? No. Right? You're all really. you're it's not a money thing. We're just we're just trying to racing go fast, for right? Yeah. For for me it was at that time. There were crews out there racing for money. You know. How'd that work? Um, Is there a particular, just a 
not everybody knew about it. Did everybody know about it? Was it open to anybody? You had to be a part of the clique to actually be a part of the racing? I think if you just rolled money? up, I mean, there was huh? different guys. I mean, you know, Charles is probably notably one of the pioneers, right, if you will. But there were guys before him also, you know, that were were racing mini bikes before Charles. So how'd that go down, Ed? You show up, you think you got a fast mini bike? You know, you're yeah, like fresh meat rolling later. down there, right? I, show, I showed up on Anna Street. 11, 2011? Yeah, somewhere around there, maybe. And what kind of, like, how, how does it work money-wise? Where, where, where were some Wait, of I them? never raced for money. But the guys who did, how, how, what's the typical bet? Were these guys 100 bucks? 100 bucks, 50 bucks, Yeah, okay. Bucks. Chicken dinners. Chicken dinners. Yeah. So it still really Louisiana wasn't a money fried thing, chicken right? Dinners. It was just more for bragging rights. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. It, it, it was usually the the guys would go back Ronald and forth. Ronald was the one always wanting to bet for money. hours and hours and hours before anybody would race. And then you get it off the truck, and then my bike broke, and it it, 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 it was fun. It's like Street it Outlaws. Was. Yeah. Now, when you watch you that know? TV show. It was worse we're... than Street Outlaws. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was similar, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, so the rivalry, it sounds like, because even with Charles... You know, obviously there's a little back and forth and there's a lot of verbal ball busting. But when it's all said Part and done... Part of racing. Yeah, it's all said and done. It wasn't as if anybody was getting hit over the head with a socket it's wrench, right? Bike, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but it, it still had that competitive flair. And, and that, you know, that that's, that's, I think, what keeps it going. So I'm trying to get now to a place where it goes from having fun racing, showing up, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. When's it go to, you know what? I'm building my own shit. Get with my brother. Maybe you guys are having a conversation. How does this go down where we go from racing and having fun to maybe trying to make this a go? How, how did like the spirit of F&B pop up? Was it your idea? Was it your idea, Frank? How did that work? Um, I think it was, it was something that was kind of a, a mutual thing because my brother would ask me to build headers for different people. Hey, bro, this guy wants a header, that guy wants a header, and I'd start building up a whole bunch of them. And then once you did that, um, people wanted to know where it came from. So then at that point, I think, is when I think I said, well, we need to label this and put a brand on it because nobody knows who it is unless they know you. And, and then my brother brought me into the scene. We went out to Anna Street. That was the first street I ever went on. Went out to Anna Street and my my son is a very small guy and a very small kid at the time and he'd go out there and he wasn't scared of the bikes i'd put him on anything i don't care how fast it was i'd put him on it and he would go now now that's not to be said that he could jump on a junior dragster motor and and whatever back in the days but that's where it got started we went to anna and people wanted headers and then so we just labeled it I got Ed's dog tearing up a bottle. Ed, good tend to your little dog there. Just for a second, I, I thought it was the... He's got a toy over there. Yeah, it's... it's so unfortunately, that's, it's not glass. Got it. So, And it was the headers. That was it, B. Guys like your header that, that your brother built for your bike. It was pretty accurate. You know, going back, even touching on that a little bit. Sure. Um, yeah, our, our headers started off as something that were, was very... Um, pre ge generic you okay know, and and yeah just like the one angle the one yeah. right one turn single stage yeah. braced setups and and um they worked sure. you know and I, I i showed them to my brother and they worked in the extent that it sounded much better yeah oh, of it, it looked much better right it, it's kind of like you had a custom deal 
but it, it felt like it went a little faster too, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was, it, yeah. Usually the jetting played in there too. Sure, more so than probably the pipe, but it, yeah. it was the whole thing, wasn't it? So the, then we sold them, you know, at that rate, and and uh, and then of course I would tell them, you know, hey, I'll jet your bike for you, and it's just it started ah. to excel from there, just minor mods, and and then it turned into bigger things and bigger things, and and um, uh, especially head porting. My brother does all the porting for all everything we do. You know, as as far as head work from mild to wild heads, and um, that was another thing that took off. And I mean, you you know, you mentioned catch cans and and gas tanks. All those all those little things just started to all click in with, like my brother said, it was mutual. It wasn't even really a, a matter of discussing it. It was. Uh, it we just, need this. Let's make one. Yeah. It just sort of happened. You knew, right? Yeah. You you knew. Yeah. Come on back in. Is the dog okay? Yeah. Come on, I'm holding the mic for you. Come here. Just just. <laughs> just <laughs> I thought it was bottom. I thought it was the fiberglass electric car who's chewing on. Oh. It's like Jesus Christ, that's all I need. Um, Ed, we were, we were just talking about how this all evolved, and, and it's funny because it, you know it, it's almost true to cars. One of the first things you do is like, okay, the exhaust. You know, I got I got to change the exhaust. Got to change the wheels. Like certain things that you wanted to do, but with with mini bikes, it was the stage one pipe. Anything was better than the stock pipe. Exhaust right? and an air cleaner. The yeah. first things you do. Exhaust and air cleaner, and then you found out that then it got into the tuning. Mm-hmm. All right, so we started to begin this whole. Now we're now we're tuning. We used to tie them up on a rope to a porch and full throttle and <laughs> right and turn, and, and, turn, 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 and on, then turn it back right. Lean them out, yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, you went a little bit further. So, what were some of the cool things that you guys were doing that that gave you that that reputation? Like, hey, you know, Brian and Frank, they'll hook you up. You know, we got the pipes. They'll, they can tune the carb. They got this little deal with the air cleaner. You're starting to build a little bit of a reputation outside of your your inner inner circle, right? Right. When did it start to get to the point where you guys were like being talked about and that people were seeking you out? Um. When did you notice that shit was happening? You know, it's it's crazy because um, I mean, me and Ed we raced several times, you know, and I was racing other people at that time too. But I think notably, Edwin, yeah. And- Oh, the the whole group of people got together and started racing. And we even started doing the dirt thing with you. We went out to yeah. Ventura. Yeah. We were racing with Guardrail. I have a plaque that year. I think that was in 05. No, yeah. maybe it was 2010. I'm sorry. But at any rate, you know, we, we started playing with the dirt stuff. And But as far as um, the notoriety, I, I again, that's one of those things. It just kind of happened, you know. We the scene just started to slow down you had you had a, a few fast motors and you'd go out there every weekend and there wouldn't be any races you'd you'd stay around and you'd you'd wait for hours on end for one race yeah. and then the guy's bike would break i think my brother mentioned that earlier you know so yeah i decided you know what let's build some reliable gas motors like we touched on earlier with the grown yeah you know we wanted to put together something that was gonna you know be fast but not outrageously fast and, and dependable right right and start putting together tournaments and and that's have when fun we, stop breaking yeah stuff, have right fun. did that predator engine find it was that this was before the predator okay yeah we were doing clones you know harbor freight at the time i yeah. think their hot one was a, a central machine motor and then they had greyhounds they had uh, you Life know yeah, yeah. was the one talked about that on the show so did you guys dabble in all with the traditional briggs and tecumseh's or you guys didn't have much of a of a, of a time with those engines well like i said my my first hop-up motor was a raptor three 
Okay, it was Briggs. a Briggs yeah. five horse, and um, that ended up with a Tillison on it and and a, and a header and yeah. a different cam and an ARC rod. Same stuff we're doing with this now. Yep. Because those parts were available for the flatheads back then. You know, the karting world was already big back then. So talk a little bit about this engine that you brought. Walk us through. And this have one of these trick manual clutches on there. That's a two disc bully. Oh, I, yeah. I rebuilt. I. I uh, that's another thing I started to dabble into. Um, Walk us through it if you can. Okay, this particular motor is um, is a motor I sent to Brad Hill for the Dino Challenge. Uh, Charles had a motor in it, very young, and a cu couple other guys had had motors in it. Um, I was a little late on the entry, but I got it. I got it to him, and um, Charles didn't mention it when he was on the show, but. This motor here uh, was a like a a point behind in horsepower to his motor. Okay, just to throw that out there. Okay, mm -hmm. what, what kind of horsepower numbers? This motor made twenty eight point eight horsepower. Okay, Charles pretty stout. Charles's motor made twenty nine twenty eight point nine. Barry Young, which is the third place, made twenty eight point seven. Okay. So you're all up there in that same same category. Same category. Yep. So. Speaking on the motor a little bit, uh, this one is, it's a it's a small stroker, uh, it's a stroker with a small piston, but as you can see, there's no welding on this block. There's very there's minimal welding on the head. The displacement on this motor is smaller than both of the motors I was competing against, so we're proud of that, you know. And I put I put the majority of the success w with this motor into the head, you know. We did a lot of work, a lot of R and D on this head. Um, and it's it's uh, it flowed well. I'm not big into boasting about my flow numbers like other people, but we believe that this combination was right with a, a lower flow number, and the combination that's in here. You so, know that that but on that on that whole flow thing, it, it's kind of like how you're judged, right? They they measure the flow. So when people talk about the success of what they do when they're working on heads, I think that's why they point to that. You know, right. It's such a common phrase. Well, how'd that thing flow? Well, I flowed 140 or 150 or whatever. So I, I think in the terminology, how it's evaluated, uh, as I said earlier, everybody's in the same kind of category. You can just tell by looking at the engines and, and the depth of what you guys are up to. But there's always the little things. Like he talked not so much about, you know, he has notoriety. And, and again, Charles had his time with us on the show last week. And I think he, he covered where he's coming from. This isn't really a comparative as much as everybody's got their own little deal that makes them makes them unique exactly. uh, and, and with his he talked about not so much the head if you recall is what he thought he was accomplishing with that total yeah, gap his, his extra ring groove so so everybody's got a little extra ring groove up their sleeve or a little something that they do when they're when they're staking their claim and i'm sure you guys have your own little plan of what you like to do to me it's the it's the thinking outside of the box and trying different things and sometimes it's not necessarily about being the pioneer of coming up with something that you say is the best. It's sometimes even looking at somebody else's idea and saying, you know, I think this would work better. And then you try it and then say, okay, this works good for me. That's about it. So right. it's not, it's not necessarily the competition of saying I have the biggest number. Sure. It, it's what works for you. Cause it, it really is all about combination. I've had heads that I've done for my brother that have flowed really well but for whatever reason, maybe the carburetor didn't didn't flow. It all like has to match, to, doesn't right. it? It, it? It all has to come in concert. It's, it's all a match. match. And and each of the folks that have an interest with building modified engines or modified bikes, 
they're all doing it for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Some guys are doing it because they want to go fast. Some guys are doing it because we want to maybe sell some parts. Some people do it because they have access to or they were born into working in a garage. You that's, know, what we were, that's what we were, we were born into it. Yeah. Is, talk a little bit about that, Brian. Yeah, I mean, we grew up on our block and it was... It was race cars in our cul-de-sacs. It was flat-bottom boats, pickle fork hydros, um, Harleys. It was that's how we grew up, you know. So uh, anything else would be boring. You, so it wasn't yeah, like my dad you guys was were a gearhead and a hot rodder. He he really did his own thing, and it was it was way back when. The the very first thing I can really truly remember of my dad doing like that, um, other than looking at pictures, was my dad did a real nice C10 Chevy truck. All candy orange, all oh, all that um, hugger orange, all mohair interior. Yeah, I mean, you see that truck. spoke wheels, um, the whole thing, and um, same thing. He built shovel head Harleys. He built all these different things, and then there I was, and there was my brother in the garage in my dad's tools, and get him getting upset because we didn't put them away. <laughs> but we took our bikes down to bare nothing, nothing. and then figured it out, and then put it back together. Now it rolls faster. Yeah, and we'd roll till the, it was <laughs> dark. And Ed, we talked about that as well. You and your dad. Um, that's so cool. And so did you guys experience all the coolness that went along with the fact that your dad was building these stout vehicles, you know, whether Mm -hmm. it was his peers or his buddies coming over, or maybe even your peers, when they'd see the shit that your dad was up to, you kind of like, you rode along with that, right? It was like, yeah, man, you got, your dad built some cool shit. Oh, he wasn't testing it unless I was in the front seat. Yeah, (laughs) man, how cool, right? Yeah, that's the way it was for me. So he wasn't taking you to soccer or baseball or basketball. You guys were going fast when you were kids. Oh, we did some martial arts, but yeah. oh, nothing you? like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did our different little things. My dad wanted us to do all these different little things that we tried, but and it it was more about me seeing my dad working on stuff like that, and I would take my Hot Wheels apart and modify them, and I'd lower them, and yeah. I'd repaint them, and I'd sure. you know it, gearhead since since I can remember. Great man, awesome. <laughs> so um, I like that. So I'm getting a little bit of a sense of things, and if I missed anything. When we had had Charles Engine in front of us last time, many of the folks who were watching on Periscope said, hey, you know, it would have been really cool to see that engine compared to like a stock Predator. Because we're anticipating and expecting that everybody that's listening or maybe watching later on, there's a couple ways you can access this, right? You can either view it now live or you can listen to it on iTunes in a couple of days. And then after about five days, we do some editing and you can watch it on YouTube. Right, right. But we, we collect a wide variety of folks. We've had gals on there that came to the show that barely knew how to spell mini bike, and they feel like they're coming along for the ride. So there is a lot of uh, assumptions that I made that everybody knew that this was the carburetor, and this is a pipe, and this is an air cleaner, and this, you know. So without getting too basic, that's why I was hopeful that you could just continue on, just walk us through the engine. Sure. And ultimately get to the pipes, because the pipes is... This is for everybody. This right. may not quite be, as we talked about earlier. So i just love to give these guys a scope of what you're up to here. Uh, and then maybe find some time to graduate into the pipes themselves because uh, not only I told you I want one, I have to figure out how many of them I want, but I know that this is one of the coolest things that you could do immediately for your bike to, to get a good sound and get a little bit more horsepower and get a little bit of individuality on your sure. bike. So finish up on, on the engine if you could. And Frank, you could join in as well too if you like. Yeah, so, you know, this, this header... Um this is our drag style, and I wanted to send one of these to Brad for the dyno. Okay. Brad um, Hill? Right. Yes. Okay. He obviously drilled and, and, and tapped in a EGT um, fitting. I was going to ask you about that. Right. 
Um, that was for the Dino Tune. Okay. Um, so the head itself is obviously custom. It's a one-off that we that we worked on together. Okay. We um, you know, it's got titanium valves, the dual springs, roller rockers. Um, the the carburetor is an Ibia thirty millimeter. Um, you know, the boring stroke is is uh, one of those things that are is kind of unspoken sure you know but it's a decent sized motor it's a stroke or small piston it's a non-sleeved predator um with the arc adjustable flywheel basically the bottom end on this motor anyone can buy offline and and build themselves pr relatively easy you know so um we're happy with it it's it, it runs on alcohol um you know and it's reliable. It's sure. reliable. Yeah. I mean, on Brad's dyno, um, it got to a point where he actually texted me and asked me if I was concerned about it blowing up because <laughs> he was making pool after pool after pool on it. It was still going? Right. Yeah. And this, of course, this was after we sent the carb out to um, Dustin. Um, he went through the carburetor for us. And then... Uh, and for the folks who may not be familiar with Dustin? That's Dustin at uh, Competition Carburetors. Okay. Yeah, he's expert with the Tillisons and, and whatnot. Where's so, he? Where's Dustin? Dustin's out of... Uh, West Coast or East no, Coast? No, no. He's, he's on the East okay. Coast. Yeah, right. we'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah. A lot of folks like to know we name drop where these guys are. Yeah. So I, I try to help that out. Right. Uh, we'll find that out more about it. So he did a little work on the carburetor, did you say? Yeah, he went through the carb for me. We were having issues with it leaking and whatnot. So he got that back, um, and then we went for it again. And uh, that's, <laughs> when, that's when he says, okay, we're going to go. I said, do it. That kind of says a lot, Brian, because most of these engines that are submitted for competition, at least I get the sense, Ed, they're, they're like trailer queen cars. Remember the Pro Street <laughs> deal used to be a big thing? People trailer build, what? Trailer queen. Trailer queen. What's that? Cars that roll up. <laughs> cars that roll up. You know the deal. <laughs> like, like there's somebody. A lot of times these engines for competition are built for the competition. This is like, just like, keep this thing going. No, that's, we like, wanted to run it. Yeah, and to me, that, that, that's what I meant. That says a lot. Right. <clears throat> Unlike yeah. many of those that may have been just submitted to get through that, get through that competition, get through that, that test. Yeah, we were proud. I mean, it made two back-to-back 9,600 -back RPM pools. Like yeah. I said, it's a, it's a non-brace, non-sleeve Predator block. So you know? what do we got, 28 horsepower? A little... Yeah, roughly 29, 28.88. So there you go, you know, and, and we were proud of that. Yeah, that was around, uh, you know, we, we launched uh, a dyno at the event last year, the Joe's Mini Bike Reunion event, mm -hmm. which is October 1st this year. For those of you living in a cave, we brought out a dyno. And I think that was about the highest horsepower. The 27, I 27 think that changed. Uh, yeah, Joe, Joe had a Blackzilla. Yeah. Right. In fact, I'm still trying to get a hold of you, Joe. I've got a plaque for you with your name on it. Um, if anybody has the opportunity to get a, a hold of them. Yeah, Look that's up, Joey. Brother. That's Joey from Eastside Racing. Yeah, Joey. Congrats, brother. Yeah. So we've got a plaque for you. Um, I talked to him. Yeah, we talked yeah. to him. Yeah, would you let him know? Yeah. Because I really don't know him, and he probably doesn't know me. And I'm going to touch with his I, son for you. Yeah, that, that'd be nice. I've had it up there, and when I got that uh, dyno there, it wasn't really to establish a competition. I just wanted it to be a treat for those folks who registered to bring their bike. Right. You know, as I say that, I... um. I wanted to touch on something that I kind of, uh, it was when you and I had first had had some contact. Right. And I, I think you may have even been nice enough to initiate it, although we may have indirectly swapped a couple uh, messages 
on Facebook or whatever. Right. But but you had approached me about the event, about maybe buying some space, some swap space, and I was uh, happy to hear from you, as hopefully you, you got that sense. It's like, dude, I'm not interested in selling you $25 worth of grass. It's like, I, don't, I want you to be a part of the event. You know, come on out and bring your stuff. And you know, I, I had always given away a bike. Right. One year we gave away a taco kit and maybe a time or two. I gave away a, a little Indian bike one year. I gave away uh, an Asusa kit that we built the first year. We built it on site and gave it away. I've always felt that it's almost mandatory to give away a bike. At a some, mini bike show. Right? Right. You know, because you, you just want to pass that torch to somebody. And it's interesting who's won them over the years as I look back. But when, when I saw what you guys were doing, I, uh, I had no hesitation whatsoever to ask about taking anything, a, a roller or, you know, whatever we could get. Right. Because I, I love what you're doing and, and I want these, I want to help you promote these bikes because, you know, there were very limited opportunities for folks to go out and buy a bike now. In fact, I mentioned Little Indian and Taco. I think with the exception of them and Asusa, it's not as if you, you can go buy your, your kit a kit. Right. And right. I'm not suggesting that your bikes or, or what you're doing here obviously are, are for your, your son's or your daughter's or yourself's first bike, but... They will be. You, the, the fact is, is that that's good news. But the fact is, there are folks that are really, really interested in what you're doing way beyond the pipes. And it, it could include them working with you to, to, to have a roller or to, to have a complete bike. Right. And, and let's talk a little bit about that. And then we'll also have a chance to, to get specific on the stage one through stage three differences on these pipes and how folks can get them. And I think we even chatted about uh, maybe a well, you chatted about a, a bunch of things earlier, but let folks know the simplest way for them to get their hands on one, right? Right, absolutely. So uh, what do we offer? You know, if someone wants to ring up F&B Racing, obviously you can modify an engine, and, and we see what you're capable of here. Right. There's so much more to what we offer than, than motor work. Talk about that you a little know, bit, will you, Brian? You know, touching on that, the, the transition, you know, we talked about that earlier, about how we transitioned into, um, I don't know, being more... Um, What's the word? Uh, resourceful for, for the scene. Efficient, sure. Right? Yep. Um, you know, it, it, it started back when, when we, we started this whole gasser tournament thing with, with Ronald. He's, at, he's a, a guy out of L.A. We sure. put tournaments together with. And, and um, there was a few guys we helped out along the way, you know, and we no, modified no. frames. And, and uh, the very first one was, was my nephew Steven's bike. And it, it, the name of that bike was the Sleeper. It was a yellow bike. It was, it was a Joe's, a Joe-based uh, frame, and my brother modified the shit out of it. You know, it, it had a custom a custom um, hub for the rear wheel assembly. We ran a dual 8-inch spinner wheel setup, which was, I don't think anybody was doing the rear wheel at that time. No. no the front no. wheel, yeah. Obviously, um, it was a bolt-on. I had parts machined to, to, make rear, it, to make it work the way that I wanted it to work. Your just, rear wheel assemblies are just like works of aircraft art man yeah and it's come a long way i mean yeah you know that's how it, it really started with that bike and then my brother started making swing arms for for you know guys we used to uh, you know do work for and and then built a one-off you're familiar with a guy named goose right okay his bike is named xcon it's been at every one of your shows sure it was has. on the dyno last year yeah uh, my brother's responsible for that frame you know obviously it's his bike you know sure. we respect that right the initial power plant in that I built for him also, you know, and that, that, that's how it really started. My brother built that XCON bike and it just evolved from there. 
and it slowly started turning into stretched bikes and drag bikes and and um years passed and and um you know it's it, it's evolved into something much much greater and, and and bigger than that now well how cool for you it's got to be frank to see some of what's been lurking in that mind of yours about taking these bikes to the next level and then well that's that's it's where, happening you that, know? that's where it happened like i was explaining to you earlier was um early on as a kid i always dreamt up things in my head how to modify something how to make it work how to do this or that and that like like my brother said to touch on that my my son's little bike the sleeper um was the start and then people wanted me to widen their bike and stretch their bike and so on then my brother had a doodle bug which is a off-the-shelf mini bike that you could buy and you know what nobody at that point was out there who had stretched a doodle bug no one and i I looked at it and i said bro this is just too simple not to do i'll just do it yeah so i just cut the bike in half one afternoon and stretched it six inches and people were like (laughs) And you look in different states now, and there's a ton of stretch doodle bugs. And I'm speaking in, in Detroit, North because Carolina. Because they were all over. They were 99 bucks. Yeah. They, right. They're almost like the, the everybody very, had to have one in their garage. At some point, you had to have it for 99 yeah, very, bucks. Yeah. Very simple stretch. And then, of course, the, the creativity starts going to where you want to build a different frame. And the first pro stock frame that I built was for um, Rick and Bird from Eastside Racing. Yeah. And that's been at every one of your shows as yeah, well. Yeah, sure it's has. The, the root beer brown bike. Right, yeah. bike. Really popular and, bike. And um, that grabbed a lot of attention. And I learned a lot from that bike as I was building. I said, you know, I'd like to change this. I'd like to change that. And then I built another bike for a customer um, who lives up in Canada, actually. And his race team, the um, his rider holds the world's record for the Nitro Harley drag bikes, IHRA. You know his name? Um, I, I can't remember his name off okay. the top of my head. We'll figure it but, out. Um, he, he does that. And now the owner of the bike now is going to put his son on this bike that I just made for him because he's racing junior dragsters. Well, he wanted him to have a fast bike because there sure. you have it. They're, they're into motorcycles. It just continued to evolve. And now we've got... Um, several different frames that I, I bend up and make in-house, weld them up, and so many different options, and people ask me for it. I have lots of stuff going out to Detroit, um, you know. New York. Yeah, New York, um, Canada. Um, Eric at Studs um, carries a lot of my products. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of different people. There's um, there's a Howard's Hardware also out there yeah. in Detroit who carries my header lines. He's bought several drag bikes from me. Had them shipped there. Um, quite a few different different people want different things. I have bikes going to Vegas and so on and so forth. Um, I think what we're going to bring to the show for you is going to be one of our, what I call our small F&B chassis, which we brought one here with us today. Um, so that way people can see what that bike is. The orange bike? Correct. Yeah. Great. Now, now, that one is not a off-the-shelf kind of roller if you will this was a custom for my brother he wanted a lot of certain things on it and that's what we incorporated but for the average guy to come to the show i'm happy to donate a bike so we can give that away so people can see it get it out there there are a couple guys in la who have our style frames our big frame which is longer um and another customer just got another bike for me which He's about to get delivery on that as well. He's having he wants to have the wheelie bars chromed out and all that stuff on it. So um, you know it keeps expanding and now it's to the point where I'm busy enough that I'm nonstop in the garage and at the shop and whatever 
building, 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 and it's like, I'll tell my brother, hey, bro, I need your help this weekend, man. And it's like even the, the orange bike. I said, hey, bro, I built your bike. Here it is. And I showed him what it was, and he goes, okay, I'm going to show up. And we spent a day building the bike and putting it all together and so on and so forth. And It's and not it's, easy. It's, no, and it's, it's just evolving. There's a lot of work into building a custom bike. From from the custom paint, like Evil Ed knows, and building with, in with, general, with how much work is involved to make something look nice, or just a raw drag bike that that's all they care about is going fast down straight line. They don't care how pretty it and is. And there's a lot of people like that. Yeah, yeah. well, they'll they, let their frames <clears throat> rust. Yeah, as long as their motor's fast, they could give you know two two fucks about what <laughs> it looks like. It's the roadkill philosophy. You yeah, know? you know, it's like you know, there's shiny paint. It's almost like what. Well, see, uh, and so that's what we're going to do with this bike. Not this orange bike, but one just like that as a roller to bring to the show, to show people, and to get it out there so that way you you have something to give away there. And I'm, I'm, I'll give you a couple other goodies that we're going to give away out there for you because uh, I know you like to give stuff away and, you know, whatever, as well as I like to get the name out there because right. that's that's what it's all about. And to help the scene, to, to help, yeah. help it grow and to continue to move forward to – on something that we've started you know there's a lot of guys that have started and they just sort of you know not dropped off but kind of backed off a little bit you know and yeah there's got to be a couple folks focused on just keeping it going they don't have to be the ones that are responsible for everything or the best at everything just just have the well, ones kind of watching the the shop so to speak right yeah and 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 you know what's funny about that is is that people have seen um different things with our products especially being headers or the complete bikes like this and um now i've gotten more into because customers have wanted it they want to restore the vintage mini bikes yeah. either to custom or all original and i mean like you were talking earlier every down to every nut and bolt yeah. they want it era correct sure. they don't want a real nice yeah, bolt on there you know and some guys that, on the other side of that want every bolt on the thing titanium Whatever you like, Those it doesn't extreme, matter. But yeah, they're well, that's there. the beauty of being a a, a, a custom builder. Uh, most folks, like the Mopar guys, you ever notice the Mopar guys, the Duster, Demon, <laughs> Cuda guys, when they do their rebuilds, they want a, every nut a week. To be correct. Yeah, they're, right? They're meticulous. Then you got, guys, we've seen what happens with Camaros and, and Mustangs. It's almost like right. total freestyle. Sounds good. Yeah, use it. You know, it's like you put a Chevy motor in a Ford, <clears throat> no one cares. You know, yeah, just one of those things where just go. get it going. Let's talk about that bike because that bike is really, this is what we're all hoping for because we've gone from, as I said, having what, two or three choices? Like buy a taco or buy an Asusa or buy a little Indian from Allied Leisure, but it's not as if like it was before where there's hundreds of choices. Right. There is no Arctic Cat or then go buy a Bonanza or go, I had an old Bozo or, or you know, Arc, uh, Alexander Reynolds. Novas, they're just not there anymore. There's only three spots. So it's through efforts of what you guys are doing and folks like you are building these bikes where it's like, wow, starting to get a little bit back to that. Right. And and that's why I'm so happy with what you're doing. When you decided to offer some complete bikes, what were you thinking when you tried to figure out, okay, if I'm going to sell these bikes to the masses and I want to have like, how did you come up with, if you want to have three models or five models and in you know, how, how did you kind of get to trying to serve the masses? For for me, mm -hmm. the the way I came up with doing that was more so 
around the vintage bikes and I liked how they looked. Got it. And um, it was one of those things where I really like the Cat Mini bike, the way that it looks. And people can call it a replica. They can call it a copy. They can call it whatever they like. Okay. But I like the design. So I went and I made that same design similar with our bikes. But I stretched them because you know what? The mini bike scene has changed a lot from as we talked for for kids. You know what? It's not just for kids anymore. Now adults want to do it. And so I want to put them on a bigger mini bike that sure. they can ride and it's comfortable and, and do that. Um, so... That's where I came up with it. I'm going to build a small bike, a medium size or a big size bike and make it for whoever wants it and however they want it. Yeah. You know, but our F&B large chassis are, are, are perfect size for adult, really. Yeah, it's a very good. It'll be very good cruiser and rider. And I can do anything from the this one is what I call our traditional bar setup. It goes up and it bends out and it does all that. I like that. Some look. people want a drag look. So I'll build a drag set of bars. But like a straight look, bar, for example? Yeah, yeah sure. Th okay. This bike is very comfortable. Um, well, you know what? I can't say that. You know why? Because after all this, with my love with all these bikes and my passion to build these things, I don't ride because I was in a bad motorcycle accident. Yeah. And my knee just doesn't do what it used to do. Yeah, okay. So I build these things for the love of it to see my brother ride or to see my son ride or to see them race. Sure, I get and, that. And, and it... it it's exciting for me, you yeah. know? Well, it's you know, a work to of art, it. too. So, I mean, that, that bike particularly, uh, perfect size, perfect look. You know, it's, it's I've always wondered about rigid frame or suspension. I was visiting the folks down at Alden Manufacturing. They're a long-standing shock company. Mm -hmm. I know. Uh, I'm familiar with yeah, Alden. Yeah, so a buddy of mine just purchased them about two years ago. And he's doing really well. Garrett continued success down there. And he has been a friend of mine. And if you're a friend of mine, you're forced to hear about all this mini bike bullshit because that's all I talk about. <laughs> so he had talked about, uh, him and I were having a conversation about mini bikes and the fact that none of them are available and they're all rigid frame and how cool it would be to have a full-size mini bike with suspension. And not, you immediately start thinking about like that rear shock bonanza right mm -hmm. behind you, Ed. And it's like, you know what? That really is more looks than purpose. And they talked about a single shock, like a, like a, a dirt bike. Swing arm. A single shock in the front. Okay. You know, so, and you start, and, and just as I was having those conversations, like nowadays with the mindset and, and, and the technology, you know, the guys that made the first stage one pipe versus what they do now, and obviously you're doing it, you know, it, it's come a long way. Same thing with the has. bikes. So now we could really rebuild these cool mini bikes in a much safer, better way. The frames could be bigger to suit us because we're adults. We're not little kids anymore. And stronger. The engines. Yeah. More the, well engineered. So so talk a little bit about what went on when you were designing that bike with that in mind because it looks to me like you've created what, what I just described, man. That thing looks perfect. Well, like I said, that, that bike goes back to my, my inspiration on that bike was the design of a cat mini bike because I liked it and we wanted it to be short and still long and fit our needs for what my brother calls a quote-unquote cruiser. Yeah, and that's kind of a longer frame to those of us, just expression, right? Right. right. It, it, but yours is also not only longer, but lower, too. Right. What right. are the dimensions on that? Do you know, kind of offhand? Um, the, well, the overall dimensions on the bike, I believe that bike is... As it sits I'd there have, on, 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 on tires. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to um, go back and look at what I, what I drew up there, but... I believe that the wheelbase measurement on that bike is about 42 inches or so. Okay. It's not it's not very long, but it's 
it's long enough to do you know be comfortable and ride um for the power that's in the bike the chassis set up perfect okay and i've ridden this uh, long distances already with that motor that's in it. So you're not vibrating your your arms off, this or is it? This bike is probably one of the most comfortable bikes I've ridden. Really, the not brake the brake system's dead on. The power plant I I made up for it is perfect. Yeah. Um, See, it's got that signature rear end assembly there. The the live axle is a plus. The yeah. jack shaft setup is what I wanted. Um, not to mention the exhaust system. My brother made up on that. We decided to go with the muffler uh, versus our open header systems because. Like like my brother said earlier, this was this was gonna be a cruiser, so I I got a I got a muffler system off of uh I want to say an SSR pit bike. Oh yeah, the popular. Those right? things are all over the place. And sure. So we we, <laughs> we rigged up a single stage, and and we put it on there, and the sounds really unique, and it creates a really nice sound, and the mid range really improved over uh, our the open header right setup. Yeah, so, maybe we can fire that baby up. If I, I should have. I was gonna bring my electric starter, but I didn't. Oh, yeah, well, we'll have something to do next time. We'll do it at the show. Sure, Guys can yeah, come definitely. and check it out at the show. I want to put it on the dyno at the show. Uh, you kidding me? I want you to bring a million bikes to it's, go on the well, dyno. We're 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 planning on bringing a few a few of the bikes that I've actually restored. Um, some of them obviously have already posted some pictures up on Facebook, so people could kind of see them. But to see the bikes in person compared to seeing them on a picture yeah. is a completely another story. And and as um, my brother was telling me earlier, he says at the show, it was funny because it was overcast. He put the bike up, set it up on a, a motorcycle stand, and everybody's looking at it. Oh, wow, wow, wow. That's really nice. And then when the sun came out, it's like, wow, look at that color. It yeah. just pops. Right. He, my so, brother's referring to the GT mini bike show. Oh, yeah, the recent in, uh, one. Out in South yes. Yeah. A couple yeah. weeks back. Congrats to those guys. I, in fact, that bike was one of the marquee bikes in the photo that I saw, if right. I recall. Yeah, Rafa yeah. put on a real good show. Yeah, good. You know, it was nice. and. Uh, I would love to get involved with that. You know, I, I, I don't know that I am clearly viewed by many of the guys that are in that scene. I, you know, I, 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 I just haven't quite been able to... Um, be figured out yet by those guys. I don't know. I don't know if they think that I've got some uh, master plan, but I embrace all of them. I love sure. for all those guys. You know, you mentioned Joes and GTs, and we talked about some of these other guys. I love them all to come out to that event. Yeah. You know, it's it's all but free to come out, and I do it for the same reasons you talked about. Kind of mm -hmm. keep this thing going, right. and let and watch those guys marvel at what you're doing. Uh, the fact that you guys would come on to to attend that show. To not only support it by giving away some items, which, you know, you mentioned we all like to give some stuff away, but to bring out those bikes is really cool. And I, I thank you for that because that's what I tell these people. It's like, come on out and you get a chance to see some old Nova from the, the 60s, right? Mm -hmm. All rotted out with maybe a, a, a new Tecumseh or you can see like the modern now built, built for now mini bikes. You know, right. those Groms that we talked about. In fact, Emmanuel had asked me. One of the comments we got is if, in fact, those were really mini bikes. And I kind of said, well, yeah, in my view, they're like modern day mini bikes. But, you know, now that I look at that and then I look at that old Nova and then I look at that Grom, this to me is more of a modern day mini bike than than to it literally than that as I reference that. That's right. almost beyond in so many ways. That's more mini motorcycle. Right. right. That's true. That That is a modern day mini bike there. Just just. In, in my humble opinion. So those guys who are a part of that scene, who had a chance to check that bike out at that show, hopefully they'll have a chance to come and check it out at our show as well. So what other bikes will you be bringing out, Frank? 
Um, there's actually two other bikes in particular that I'm working on now. One is, um, I believe, it's a 1968 Stellar. Um, wow. And it's all candy red. It's it's a really nice bike. has a, a two-stroke engine in it, and it's, it's really well detailed. He didn't want to go stock on it. He wanted it to look um, modern, updated, but keeping the vintage look. So sure. he didn't want to change too much. Um, a 100% original Little Indian. Everything on it will all go back on. I mean, down to he had custom stickers replicated to be yeah. exactly like the original ones were did he um, have one as a kid was that what he was going oh yeah, for he's, yeah he's got a huge collection this guy you might know that him, um, um doing these bikes for and um he's the one i told you who has um he just obtained a bug mini bike yeah and um an nos bug motor wow. never been run never had oil in it nothing um all the nos wheels and he's gonna have me go through that bike and restore it 100 percent to original um, because he doesn't want it to be modified, and we'll we'll be bringing we'll be bringing a few bikes out there and putting a nice little display up for people to be able to look at the vintage bikes. I mean, I remember honestly, the reason why I bought the Bonanza that I bought from the kid that I bought it from because he <laughs> modified it and made it get jacked up and then couldn't afford to fix it. I bought it from him and gave him another mini bike that he wasn't going to destroy a Bonanza was because of Ed. That's right, and we got a gas tank for that Bonanza from. From, from you. Ed. Tell us a little bit more. Share a little bit more about that. Well, go ahead, Ed. <laughs> you make the gas tanks. Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah, I make the gas ago. tanks for the MX and BC Bonanzas. And I make the MX fenders and I make an MX seat pan with fiberglass uh, reproductions. Didn't we get a set of kidney beans from you, too? Didn't we get wheels from him? I don't recall who I got the wheels from, but yes, I have a set of kidney beans. And that was because you had um, informed me that they come with the um, power wheel and they come with the kidney beans. Right. And I was able to find the kidney beans first. And I don't, I, I don't remember if I bought them from you or not. But I don't remember. Maybe I, it was from Guardrail so Dave. I, I don't remember. fiberglass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we mentioned Guardrail Dave a couple of times. Uh, I'm hoping to get Guardrail Dave on one of the next uh, podcasts. He's not too far from here. He's like a stone's throw away. No, right. right. Yeah, like in Sunland. And uh, he... He not only do I love his voice. Where's he from? Wisconsin. He's got he's got one of those whisk. He's got a really unique Little accent. Too. Oh, I love it. But I, I haven't seen him around lately. You know, I, I know he's uh, he bought a Jeep. I remember he got he a new a Jeep. Jeep. I hadn't seen him since. He bought a motorhome too. <laughs> Did he? No shit. That's why you haven't seen him. Yeah. Well, good for him. Uh, but guardrail Dave. You know, he's uh, his he's name pops guy. up frequently, but not as often as as Ed's, huh? No. I, I, and, and you guys, you know, you you have to sense it just like I do. And Ed plays it off. He's so modest. But I, I think that uh, a custom Evil Ed line of exhaust or even wheels or seats, I don't think there's any replacement part on a mini bike. I that just make the Bonanza stuff. That's it. Well, you specialize in that. Yeah, but but it's not as if Ed. That's enough for me. Well, yeah, you, I, you're, you're, you know, I, when I see a Bonanza, I, uh, I think about you, Ed. Oh, yeah? Not your beard. <laughs> well, you don't have a choice on that one, but you know, you, you, Ed, you have that, like it, like it or not, you, you, you have that. Where, um, and and what that really means is that somewhere along the line of having fun, and showing up racing, and uh, doing the deal after all these years, you've established yourself, man. And uh, you know, people really parlay that in different ways. You see guys that have endorsed, uh, was that Brian Deegan, right? He endorsed like everything now, wheels and Gibson exhaust, right? And exhaust, <coughs> the, the Brian Deegan exhaust, and Mickey mm -hmm. Thompson has the Brian Deegan wheel. I've always told Ed that whenever he wants to turn on that 
instant revenue switch. I really think he's got enough credibility out there. And you guys have been around long enough where he's one of the few guys. And, you know, you guys are, are, are doing that now, too. I mean, you're, 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 you're providing these products from the bolt-on exhaust to the complete bikes. This, are you guys prepared for this shit when it really starts to get going? I mean, We what, talk about that. We, we, like I said earlier, we, how it transitioned for us. It just happened. And I, I think that's the mindset. Just let it happen. Then, yeah, you, you know, you're, yeah. you know, if it blows up, you're, you're gonna blow try up. Try not to overthink it. Yeah. Try to keep it simple, and and um, you know, obviously there's other factors, but sure, you know, <laughs> and, and 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 we're not really trying to dig into that as much as uh, I'm just getting the sense, and I had mentioned to Emmanuel that uh, I really hadn't had a chance to establish a rapport with you guys. Not as if we go back a long way, but just to the short period of time and text. I got like a, a good feel about you guys, and I can sense it between yourselves that you guys have a really unique little thing going on here. Most brothers like visiting on Saturdays. Most brothers hate each other. Well, <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but it, it does kind of it happens more often that way than it. I like it when two brothers get along. I think yeah, everybody does, Ed. Get along. Yeah. Well. I can go on about mine, and he could probably do the same. It's yeah. like that's how it goes, right? So, so you know. Because everybody has had a brother or a brother's story to see you guys kind of doing this. And because it's almost like you, you haven't given away the childhood either. It's like you're still doing things that you were doing back when you were young. And now it's just evolving into a biz. Now, is this the majority of everything else you do? Or is this a part of something else that you do? How much of the F&B 9 to 5 gig is all about mini bikes? Are you guys doing other things? Are you doing cars? Are you doing... I, I do... I do restoration of cars, frame off restorations as my nine to five, if you will. And I do this after hours, a couple days a week. And then I try and dedicate um, Saturdays to it and still be able to give my family some time too. But yeah. um, it sounds like it's you know, getting it, tougher it, to do this. It is, it is tougher. Yeah. And I've got to weigh things out there and I'm, I'm trying to do my best with that. But um, with that being said, if things take off, like my brother and I have talked about, to the point where it can take over and, and effectively make generate money the income to, that yeah, we yeah. need to, to yeah. do it, then then it can become full time. Absolutely. Yeah. But right now, I just have I have one of my buddies, Joe, come in and he comes in every Saturday religiously and he helps me. He's your do guy. Anything I need to do. Now he's not a welder. He's not a fabricator. He's none of what he can do for me is come and he can cut my parts. He can deburr my parts. He can clean them so I can weld them and, and so on. Keeps the machine going. Right. And yeah. my he's brother can come in on days that he has available and he knows how to assemble them. I don't have to watch him. I just say, here's all the stuff, whatever you need, let me know. And he can do it. No problem. Yeah. Same as with the engines. You know what? I can do it. I don't have time for it. I say, bro, you love to do it? Have at it. And he, he goes, and this is him. All the motor stuff is, is my brother. Great. So that's the compliment, you know? Brian. Did you find yourself kind of driving the power plants and the engine design and work, and you're bending the tubes and doing the suspension creation and kind of like the... I believe that's what makes it special. Got it. You know, is, yeah. is being able to understand each other without even speaking. Yeah. You know, I, I tell him what I'm going to do with the motor, and build something for it and this was this was money we didn't really speak about what to do all i, I wanted the jack shaft that was it and i wanted a cruiser <laughs> and it, it just came together on its own you know? all of a sudden one day i have it all bent up it's sitting at the shop and i bend up i'll bend up six or 
10 of these bikes at a time. I don't like to bend one yeah. because it, it takes too much of my time to do that. I'll bend them up, and he comes into the shop, and they're all lined up. All these frames are lined up, you know, cool ready, to, ready to get welded <laughs> up. And then, and then I call him. I say, "Hey, bro, I got your bike." Then he goes, "What?" And he'll come down to the shop and look. And go, wow! Or he'll you know. pop up at my work, yeah, because I work a swing, uh. and he'll swing by. And he did one day when he after we got this powder coated, we went through the process and picked a color. We we're debating on this color. I like um, it. I like it a lot. Yeah, that's a candy yeah. orange, and we named the bike too. The bike's a. Uh, a clockwork orange, we call it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, familiar yeah. with that movie, but... You know, you can get too bright on orange. This has got, like, that... Um, it, it's not quite matte, you know, but it's got, like, it's right. a little bit... And then, like, I'm sure that thing's going to pop. In the sun, about, it's yeah. a, it, it turns into a whole a whole other bike. Yeah. yeah. So what happened Ooh. at the... Yeah, it's got a real nice base, you know, and uh, once the sun hits it, it's it's nice. But, well, a lot uh, of my customers have done that, and being that it, it is um, candy orange, I've had my customers say, hey... I want it exactly like your blue bike. That's all I kept hearing over and over. And I bought that bike originally from Guardrail Dave yep. because he bought it from JD. Yep. And then I bought it, and we were going to keep it a secret and get everything put together and have the whole bike done and pop out with it. <laughs> well, it didn't work that way sure. because people find out all the time. They find yeah. out. Nonetheless, I powder-coated it blue, made my changes to the chassis, whatever, and then... A guy says, okay, well, now I want my bike called Racing Raspberry. So I just built this other bike for a customer in L.A., and it's a, it really is a pretty color, Racing Raspberry. Everybody says, oh, it's a pink it's bike. and yeah. It's a pink bike, and who wants a pink bike? But when you see this bike in real, it's like, okay, it looks good. The Internet yeah. pictures do just no justice. Yeah. Yeah. When, when, yeah. when this guy sees his bike, and you know who you are, yeah. it's going to knock yeah. the socks off of him. Plus... Let's face it, the bike's badass. That thing could be pink. It'd still be strong, yeah. right? And I know it's going to be yeah. fast. Yeah. I mean, this this particular group, um, they have the fastest stock bore motor out in that on, in the LA scene right now. So it's you know it's I think it's going to accent their their great mindset of going fast and and looking sharp and everything. It, it, it's going to come together nice. And and that goes right back to what we're saying, keeping the mini bike scene alive. Having people come out, do what they do. I'm trying to put frames out there that people can ride. There are obviously other people out there doing it as well. And, um, you know, that's great. More, more power to anybody who can do it. And complete one. Yeah, and complete one, definitely. I mean, I have done, like you said, um, custom bikes for people or back tail sections or whatever. I have built custom one-off um, rear tail sections on a bike that has suspension the very first one that i did i did for goose's brother yeah and um i built a um you know the swing arm with a, a mono shock from a bicycle on there and i don't know he just lost the passion for it and just decided never to finish the bike i don't know where it's at today but he didn't do it then i did another one for another guy um and I've seen pictures of it that, that he's using that swing arm on something else and it, it's really neat to see the thing evolving to sure. see what people are doing with it and you know you have the guys doing the trikes i'll be honest i thought about doing a trike that way a long time ago just putting the wheels on putting a long axle on there putting wheels on both outsides and real basic um, and, and doing like a, a a bike like that but then i'm like wait you know um it's gonna turn like an atc it's not gonna turn like yeah a, a motorcycle so i just see people getting hurt and i'm thinking to myself in my mind how am i going to make that articulate so it can be cool but 
Yeah. And functional. Yeah. yeah I, so I you just, just, then you start building a quad, you know, yeah. because you wouldn't probably be doing it with three wheels. Yeah. You know, it's, and I, I think those bikes um, are definitely getting attention, right? You know, so if I wanted to do like a promotional bike, like I'd maybe have one in the stable, a three-wheeler. But in terms of like building one like you are that could appeal to masses, right. that probably didn't have as much appeal. But right. who knows the way the trends are. Um, that bike, that orange bike, uh, when folks have the option to, to purchase that bike, can they purchase it in as basic as a two-piece frame? Can they purchase Absolutely. it in a roller? Can you give it a little bit of an idea of, of what the basic options are and then maybe the uh, cost of admission, so to speak? Talk right. a little bit about that, Frank, maybe? Absolutely. Great. We, we could sell, I typically like to sell my frame and forks as a package only because I typically set up the ride height in the bike. So when they put their wheels and tires on, they don't have no surprises. wheels and tires, right? Yeah. Everything is going to be pretty straightforward on it. Um, typical entry level frame and forks, about 250 bucks. Um, okay. You know, and then you can go up from there. With everything, I mean, this bike, my brother wanted many options on. You know, you've got your jack shaft, you've got your live axle, you've got your disc brakes, you've got um, eight-inch spinner front rim, you've got tack mount. You know, yeah, yeah, all all yeah. the different things, and it, it it can get into a real long conversation that way. So when when it comes to building a bike with the options, I just prefer that people um, call me and tell me what they want, so I can give them a realistic price range, not say, okay, well. Your bike's going to cost you fifteen hundred bucks, and then they just walk away because they don't know what they're getting for fifteen hundred. Well, they're sure. expecting a two hundred and fifty dollar price tag to be that. Yeah, I've I've noticed that as as much as I really love what we do here with this industry, that there's a lot of there's something in the friggin' water. I don't know. I don't want to identify us as, as a, a a bunch of cheap bastards, but I I must admit that you, know, you even see it when Max sets up his deal. It's like. Everything you try to buy anything like they're just saying these little screw off mufflers. Ed, what are those? Twenty five bucks now. Yeah, I've seen them for thirty. <laughs> All right, so so you, you, we're at a place now where everything, right everything. This engine, I got a good deal on it, but I saw a guy trying to sell a three and a half horsepower used Clinton engine for four hundred bucks. Are they getting it? They're asking for it. You see that fucking thing on eBay every week. <laughs> that's you know? why, and, and that's that's what you hear a lot about too. Well, they're going for. They're going for five hundred bucks on eBay. It's like no, they're being listed on there, and you can go there anytime. I see you, that on eBay all the time um, with bananas and stuff. But yeah, but but I do think that as I was doing the math, because there was a time, to be honest with you, where I really wanted to establish a brand to the point where maybe I I could offer a frame, and and I just don't think my mind's into it. You know, you have to have your arms around that. Yeah. In addition to having the technical prowess and skill. I'm not there. I'm more of a marketing guy than I am like wanting to operate a manufacturing company. Like, but I know guys who manufacture and bend tubes, and I have those relationships where I can do it. But I very quickly realized that I was going to get to a point where I was going to be building these bikes for me, and I would spend a little bit more. But most of the guys that I would have to sell to, they're not like me. They they want everything for two hundred or three hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, we we want that, and we realize by the time we're done wanting that three hundred dollar kit. My bike's gonna be eighteen hundred bucks or Easy. two grand or mm-hmm. three grand, and Easy. by the time I'm done with that engine, I'm probably up to what it would be to buy that new Grom. And then by the time I'm doing the shit I want to do, I could almost buy two of those Groms. Now I got four or five grand into a mini bike. Then yeah. it takes on a whole different world, right? So, curious how where your middle is gonna be. Do, do you see when the guys ring you up? 
let's first of all hope that they're smart enough and qualified enough to realize that they're not buying a $99 doodle bug, right? Right. And even these two ninety nine, because Joe from Taco will two ninety nine Taco Mini Bike Frame. Well, you know that by the time you add the wheels and this and that, mm-hmm. it's fifteen hundred dollars. and You got to buy an engine. It's two three grand, even huh. for a small taco, right? Yeah. Well, that's, that's no- the part that people don't understand. <clears throat> it's the add-ons. Everything a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, fifteen hundred, because they want to go fast on the motor, and then they want a different clutch, and they want this, and they want that. That's where it it, it gets really sticky because you. It's almost to the point where with some of the people, they say, hey, I'm on your website. I see your frame. What do you get for 250 bucks? What do you get for 350 bucks? Whatever it is. So you know right there, though. Right. right? And, and, and a lot of the times, and I've heard my brother do this to customers. They say, he says to them, what, what is your budget? What, what do you plan on spending? And as genuinely as, as, as open of a question that is, doesn't that doesn't I don't know how you feel about this, Brian, but it, it turns most people off. I've gotten into arguments where people have my budget. It's none of your fucking business. You know, yeah. it's like how much is the bike? You know, it's like you you're selling a three hundred dollar kit. You like, know, like doesn't a, it come with everything? It's like no, it doesn't come with everything. Right. It comes with the neck, like we said, in the frame. Yeah. yeah, no, it's true. I've 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 had people react in a you you've insulted me type of reaction yeah. and it, it's not that at all yeah. it's i've, I've i don't been want to insult you or, afterwards it's right yeah i want to know where we're at and have a good report up front yeah not have you expect more than what you get it's like and it's sold- not being rude mm. sure you know it's, well, it's just having dealt with handfuls handful of people and explained mm. yourself so many times now you've tried to kind of figure it out you know yeah. this is how <laughs> it needs to start so that yeah we could get the ball rolling yeah you have to be in control of that call you, you well, start you know I mean, you even with that being said, there's a perfect scenario that I, that I just said something with uh, Ed about earlier outside. I can go down and get a mini bike and frame powder coated for 150 bucks, and then that same guy wants a custom candy color paint job put on that mini bike, and he wants to know why Ed right here won't paint it for 150 bucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know why? Store, buy the paint. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tester cans. Go buy, buy some metal paint, model paint. You do all the prep. I'll shoot it for 150 bucks. Yeah. Despite the fact that these. Humble, basic, and, and it started early with us with those stupid ads where you could buy the whole mini bike for nineteen ninety five or wherever it turned out. <laughs> yeah. we, so we, we we were we were started originally with this low cost of entry sport that is just it's it's matured like every other thing in this world where those days are really over. Right. Um, I want to I want to take a walk through the product line as we keep getting to. Um, Usually around this time of the show, we take a little bit of a pause. We'll let everybody catch up, maybe grab a drink or stretch yeah. your legs a little bit. You know, uh, we're here with the guys from F&B Racing, uh, Brian and Frank, and Evil Ed's been sitting in. Uh, those of you who have been watching us on Periscope, thanks for that. Um, cutting Brian off, checking <laughs> on my dog. Yeah, Ed so far uh, saved his dog twice. Uh, we're going to take a short little time out and um, check out the score here between Golden State and uh, Cleveland, and uh, we'll catch up with you guys in a little bit. For those of you on Periscope, stick around. If you have any questions, like I said, bring them on. We've got some prizes to give away and a lot more at Joe's Mini Bike Reunion Podcast.
Hey everybody, welcome back to Joe's Mini Bike Reunion podcast number five. Who the hell would have thought we'd make it through five? Uh, this just in, Golden State Warriors beat the Cleveland Cavs in the first game of the NBA Finals. It's going to be a good one? Maybe not. We'll have to check it out. But enough about NBA basketball, it's mini bikes, and it's more about F&B racing on today's podcast, or tonight's podcast here in the garage. Before I want to uh, get into this awesome big block engine that they, you know, we're rotating engines. It's got the stage three pipe. Uh, before I get into uh, talking a little bit more specifically about the cool F&B racing parts with you guys and talking about the exhaust, I know that uh, you guys come across a lot of folks, whether they're customers or maybe they're, you, know, you mentioned that one guy who's your guy who comes in the shop and helps you with everything. What was his name? Joe. Okay. We got a Joe. We all got a Joe, right? <laughs> hey, yeah. no. Uh, we I all have an Ed. I don't have a Joe. <laughs> you don't well, have I'll, a Joe? Ed, I'm your Joe, Ed. Uh, yeah. uh, who are some of the guys that make uh, F&B racing tick a little bit smoother on a day-in, day-out basis that you'd like to maybe take a second and, and mention? Uh, we talked a little bit about your dad, and I think I'd almost want to start there with him. I know he inspired Correct. you a lot. Well, well, one of the pictures that I was talking to you about was the picture that you just recently put up of uh, my brother and myself standing next to a modified Joe's chassis. That bike was a tribute bike built um, in remembrance of my dad because he started that bike before he passed of cancer. And so my brother and I talked about it. We said, you know, we really need to build something and get something completed for him that he wanted to do. And um, oh, so cool. we did We did the bike and my brother rode it. And, you know, we did a lot with that bike. Um, and we still have it, in fact. And we kick it around. Well, are we going to sell that or is it can just be a... a monument you know it doesn't matter yeah that that's but, a keeper and uh you know what if, if there's room in the truck and it sounds like it may be a packed house but maybe that's be a nice bike for you to bring out i'd like to touch on it uh as you know we recognized uh, gerald's a good friend of ours and he's been struggling with cancer seems like everybody unfortunately either has uh somebody that's involved with that nasty disease and we we put uh gerald's initials on the back of the hat because in the midst of having all the fun, we know that there's a cruel reality out there. Sometimes it takes away our loved ones, right? Absolutely. So, so if you had that bike out there, maybe we can just recognize uh, not only your dad, but Gerald. So if you bring that bike out, I'm sure, and I would have mentioned that if I knew about it. Charles had shared that photo with us that we put up there as I was promoting the fact that you guys were coming on. Right. Um, yeah, well, uh, fortunately, you had that dad that inspired you guys to do such cool things like you're doing now. Who else is uh, part of the, the family, so to speak, that, that helps you guys out that you like to recognize? A um, couple different people. I'd, I'd like to first of all recognize um, my distributors, um, Tim Iskey at um, Small Engine Cams. His name popped. Yeah, yeah, I got to yeah. have him on this show, Ed. Right. And we can't um, get him to answer the phone. Frankie's he's so he's busy. a good guy. He is very busy. Would you hook us um, up? You, could you tell abs- maybe? Absolutely. I'll let him in know. In fact, maybe he can join us when you guys uh, come back in and sit I down. That. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. The reunion. Yeah, he came to the reunion. Yeah. I was stroked. You know, I know his dad really well. Yeah, because uh, yeah, with and the guy still ticking. That's amazing. I'm privileged <laughs> enough to host. I'm the MC of the SEMA Hall of Fame, and every year we induct people into the Hall of Fame. This year, Chip Foose is inducted into the Hall of Fame. Right. Chip's mini bike was at the show, but uh, Ed is one of our. Um, you know, we just lost Louis Center, who's another iconic hot rodder. Right. Um, and and Iskey's just an icon. He comes into that SEMA show. That SEMA show, there's 100,000 people there. Iskey right. shows up. People, it's like, he's like fucking Mick Jagger, man. Yep, people are like, that's Iskey. You he, know, there used to be a guy, Jim Deist from D Safety. He always had that yeah. cigar and we lost Jim not too long ago. His family lives up here in La Crescenta and there's certain guys, but we got to get Tim on there because he's so well, much of a part. So, so Tim's a guy it's, that... It's funny you talk about Ed because 
Um, I remember Ed from being a little boy and my dad walking into Iskandarian racing cams and talking to Ed about cams that he was putting in his cars and all that. Anyway, um, the next time I saw Ed since I've been a, a young child was going in to visit Tim Miski and his dad pulled in in his Cadillac and he had every newspaper for the last 20 years Stick in that car yeah. stacked yeah. to the roof. Yeah. And Tim tells me, he goes, you know, that's how my dad rolls. He says, yeah. and when he can't fit any more in the car, he'll go buy a new Cadillac. Yeah. And that's what he does. Yeah. Yeah. And he feeds his cats. Yeah. yeah. He has a tribe of cats out in the front of his uh, yeah. business that he takes care of. Certain things don't change. No. He no. no matter a, what. That's a Certain, good and, and when he, and, and many of those guys, he's part of a dying breed. And I, I mean that figuratively, sure. not literally, that is never going to change. You know. He's never going to change. There's a couple guys out there now, like David Freiberger from Roadkill. Mm -hmm. He started to get a lot of popularity now, but David's the same guy now that he was 15 years ago. I think that's important. Yeah, it, it sure is. Ed is the same way. Yeah. Ed is not some... Yeah. Ed didn't change. Like, he didn't get the iPhone yet. He's well-grounded. Right? He ain't getting the fucking <laughs> iPhone. iPhone. He's not getting a <laughs> Tesla, right? Um, well, shout-outs... Uh, I know what a Tesla is. Right. Yeah, we were talking about somebody today that... Can't pay their light bill, but they got a thousand dollar a month I Tesla. I almost got hit by bill. one the other day. I couldn't hear it. You wouldn't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't know. That's why I changed oh. the pipe on that Grom. You know, we plugged up. This the first thing I did. It was so quiet. It's like hey, I got a pipe on this thing. Yeah, it's not fast go. enough to get out of people's way. Who else uh, can we give a little shout out to? Um, Eric at Studs Hardware. Yeah. Oh, he's, okay. He's he's another one. He's out in Michigan, and um, he carries my full line of product as far as all my headers. Um, supplying to all the guys out there, anything that people need. Um, and another one is um, Howard's Hardware, Aaron out there. He's he's bought quite a few um, pipes from me as well as a few um, complete drag mini bikes. How about you, Brian? Um, I'm sure you're dealing with the same group, but I'm sure there's probably a few folks, considering you're more focused on the engine and performance parts, definitely. maybe you're dealing with a few folks. Well, <clears throat> to start off, it would be Tim also. Yeah. You know, Tim's a, a busy a busy guy. And I can't tell you how many times I've texted him personally on his personal number, and he's gotten back to me, and I've gotten my parts in two days. How cool. You know, I, I don't You're know. You're on I, that bat phone line. You have yeah. that direct yeah, I would like for to, you. I would like to think that. I think we have a real good relationship with him, <laughs> especially here. Great. You know, representing the West Coast. Yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's just what it is. I mean, there's a few other guys. I mean, you know, the motor stuff I've been doing for a while, and JD's big. With with the valves, he supplies a, right. He supplies a lot of people. That's yes, not Yeah. Right, and um, JD helps me out. I mean, we, you know, we've had our little bantering or little disagreements or whatever over the years. Seems but, like a common denominator with all our. You know guests. what? Though, at the end of the day, you know, dislikes of 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 people or or whatever, we we always we always find our way back. B, if you're not pissing off a few people, you ain't working hard that's enough. That's right. That's right. I want to thank him personally. Well, there you go. And that's JD for one. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I haven't worked with uh, Brad Hill as much, but him too. I mean, he helped me out a lot. He did some work to that motor, that uh, my Dino Challenge motor. Um, you know, and, and typically that's not what people do when, when you send them a motor to Dino. They're not going to mess with it. And, I, you know, I want to thank him for that. That little extra effort? Sure. I yeah. mean, very young. From Young Engines, he, we've we've talked a lot, you know, through Messenger, and and uh, he's opened up, and that's it's kind of rare to get people who have speed secrets to open up like that. Yeah, you know, I'm hoping that through this podcast, uh, we can uh, help resonate 
some of the work that some of these guys have done because we, we, through the podcast, despite the fact that it's only the four of us probably watching the friggin' thing, th- there's going to be a, a, an opportunity for us to give a voice to appropriate folks that are in this inner circle. Sure. And and I also think that those guys that you mentioned are great potential guests. The problem we have is that's a West Coast show, so it's tough for the guys over there on right. the East Coast to roll over. And maybe as we get advanced, yeah. uh, there's even guys locally with, like in Temecula, I want to have a Temecula Bob or Taco Bill on the show. Sure. But these poor guys are like, by, it, it, they have the same task as a poor bastard. Got to take a two-hour flight to come here. They got a two-hour drive to get here. Right. So it's tough to get a lot of those guys in the show. So by recognizing them as you are, it, it, it helps me give a little bit of a spotlight to them when I may not quite be able to get them on the, the podcast. Sure, but, and then there, there's more. Yeah. There's more, Joe. You know, Lonnie over at Copper Gasket Unlimited. Oh, I you see know, some of those over here. Pretty nice job on these. Is this, this is some of his work? That's that, our, that is his work, yes. <laughs> that's our new exhaust flange gasket that we're offering. Um, Could have used a few of these in the day, huh? Cut those out for us. We'll be selling those uh, along with our header setups if people want them. It's a no-brainer, you know? Why buy Why buy a new gasket every time when you yeah, can reuse no, a copper gasket? Without a doubt. That In fact, anybody that would buy one of these without that, you should just make it a part of it. Right. Almost like force them to do the right thing. Well, I think I think that's going to become part of it because yes. you said that. And, and when I sell the pipes to my distributors per se, um, it will come along with the the gaskets at yeah. the same time. And it's also an incentive because this has a value, whether it's eighteen dollars or eight dollars or nine dollars. I say we make it a part of the kit. We kick it off that way. That it comes with this now. Hey, eventually you may need another one. Oh, we're thinking alike, Joe. Eventually. This may not always come as a part of this special deal, but at some point making it available because you want the masses of those to, that are going to be sold right out of the box to be installed properly with the right advantage. Yes, this could be right. the deal. It would be cool in 50 years, let's say, if somebody were to open up a box with our header and that gasket yeah, in man. it, the same way you showed us that Tecumseh That here. is going to happen. Brian, that is going to happen. As you and I sit here and talk, that's another one of Ed's. He's a popular Between the, guy. He's got the TV show. Now he's at the, now the Gas Monkey guys <laughs> want I got competition now. I'm going gonna, gonna to have to start fucking paying him to come over now. I'm creating a monster, I swear. But it's all know, good. I don't know if we're on shout-out mode right now, but I, I, have, yeah, I have a couple of people. You blast them. You know, first of an, another guy that I started messing with, you know, towards the beginning of me goofing off with these mini bikes is a guy out in Moreno Valley. His name's Mini Bike Mo. Okay. okay. I haven't heard of Mini Bike Mo. Shout-out. I don't know if he's watching the show or not, but Mo... Me and you had some battles too, you know. And uh, Nitro Drew, you, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Nitro Drew. That's a great guy. name, huh? Nitro Drew. <laughs> you know, and he gets he got his name for a reason, you know. And uh, that's another guy that sort of, you know, he 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 started his family. He drifted off, yeah. And, and that's cool. Um, Can't leave out Dale. Yeah, Charles I mentioned mean, some guys that that had just had slipped away, Ed. Just like in life, yeah, you know. Unfortunately, yeah. All the guys that you probably have run into, that it's like, where are they now? It's like shit. Like Dave, Barbell Dave. Yeah. He did, heavy in it, now he's off camping. And yeah. Four-wheeling and... Life goes on, it. right? He put the hobby on pause, that's all. It, yeah, and, and you know, uh, and that's... Uh, I, I really, because we got like a, about ten minutes to go on this thing here. I actually got five, right? Um, the, the thing is, guys, is that it, it can just, as quickly as it starts, life goes on. And you got shit that happens. And sometimes dicking around with mini bikes. I don't think that table's going to hold up for five more minutes. Well, this... Yeah, that's uh, the big block. Well, look, let, let, give me a couple table. minutes on the big the block, and then let's uh, <laughs> let's 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 give it a quick little highlight on this big block. Highlight on this motor is yeah. Um, I built this for my buddy out in Hawthorne. It's a 406 cc GX390. Um, 
It's got a four disc, uh, one inch bully, uh, turbo oh. turbo clutch, um, ARC flywheel. It's got a um, a Parsons pop up piston, ARC rod. The motor's fully balanced. Obviously, it's got our F and B three stage on it. Um, Parsons valve cover, roller rockers, tie valves, courtesy of JD. Um, it's got a, uh, um, what the hell do we do with the head? Would you do with the carb? This carburetor is a 34 millimeter Clements carb. Oh, Clements, okay. Yeah, real nice. We didn't want to go too big on it. It's an alcohol motor, so, um, I mean, it's a nice build. You guys are going to see it. Any, any of the local guys in Cali is going to see this motor running. And with our Alki motor, we're talking catch cans, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's going to be That's a nice our, piece here. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the, the breather is kind of like what I'd find on my little small block Chevy. That's exactly what that <laughs> is, is from. Yeah. yeah. I did that because a lot of people would go with the traditional um, K&N type air filter, and it would get saturated and soak sure. up and start dripping and leaking. Well, there's also a baffle designed inside of there to keep the oil from splashing and coming yeah. up and going to that oil filter or the air filter and as well as the multiple ports out there so if your motor has to have extra breathing it can have that as well and so when you're so. Any auto parts that's right yeah that's absolutely important. and and on these motors running alcohol you don't have an option really you've got to go with a catch can you've I got mean, you've got to vent all of these motors because a single cylinder blowback creates a lot of internal pressure and i'll be honest with you the internal pressure is a big part of why you see some of these high performance engines blow the heads off of them yeah, yeah our blow crankcase seals yeah side cover seals side cover gaskets a lot of guys two minutes they're not venting properly and to feed this motor our gas tanks you know these are going to be these are these are what we're selling now you know, these are these are all they look one great. Off. They're There's all one off tanks. tanks. Yeah, and they're long enough to actually have enough fuel in there to actually you'll, to, to you'll do use. a little bit yeah. of well, something. Especially right. with those engines that are gobbling up the gas. Sure. Right. Um, I wanted to because um, we're, we're wrapping up kind of quickly here. We've got the pipes. Yeah, our pipes go in different stages. Single stage pipe here, okay. which starts out for the basic build. Nothing extra special. Then you go to your racing three stage center exit pipe for the mini bikes that the mini bikes need to come out there got it you've obviously got well this one here is the big block pipe which is on this motor here wow you can see feel the difference too right yeah. um this is a, a our drag pipe which is the same pipe that was put on the dyno motor that made you know all the passes and you've got the little bit of bling out there which is the same pipes but with the chrome on them that's that triple dip show chrome yeah right what a nice job on the chrome work on this as well and we talked a little bit about the gasket yeah, and then the copper gasket, we're going to start including those with them so people can get these things sealed up properly. Yeah. Uh, the pipes, folks, you know, this is not like, uh, what's that fucking home shopping club? <laughs> yeah. The reality of it is that on the pipes, what's retail on pipes? I want a pipe tomorrow. I'm going to call you. I'm going to call one of the distributors. I want a stage one pipe. How much does it cost? A stage one pipe is $50. And a stage wow. three pipe is $65, and you unless it's a big block pipe, and that's $75. It's a little bit bigger tubing. Um, very reasonably priced for a good quality piece. They're all TIG welded, that's right. and that's it. It's it, it's a quality piece. Well, um, Frank, Brian, Ed, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having us. Uh, it, it's been a blast, and, and you can tell the time goes by pretty quick. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully, you guys will show up again another time and step in the garage. We Definitely. can catch up on some things. Thank you for your support of the show. Uh, for those of you who are watching the podcast, check us out. Uh, on October the 1st, you can see these guys live in person as well as see some of their products. I'd like to give a shout-out to Muhammad Ali. He's struggling in um, hospital in Arizona now with some respiration issues. And the champ's my man, so... Those of you who are out there in Champs of Muhammad Ali, 
the greatest. Um, thanks for listening in. Thanks for watching. A uh, couple parting shots, Brian. Shout out to West Coast Mini Bikes. Shout oh, out yeah. to GT Hobbies. Shout out to all the racing crews in SoCal. West Coast is putting it on the map. And that's all there is to it. And we got some more of these butts from Ed. $500 a pop. <laughs> a limited edition. Hey, next podcast. Uh, it's going to be a couple weeks. I've got to go out to a wedding. In fact, congratulations, Mike Robledo and Sandra on your wedding in Cancun. I'll be out there. Hopefully our next guest will be Guardrail Dave and maybe another little personality that I can't divulge right now. But uh -oh. it's all fun. Folks, thank you for being a part of the podcast. I'm Joseph Bergandio, and we're out. Thank, thank you. you.